Hello and welcome to Get Into Games On Air, episode 2, Anticipation. I am your host, Craig, and here with me is my co-host, Mrs. Get Into Games, Becky. Hi! Yay! <laughs> episode 2, we did one and it went down very well. Everyone seemed to enjoy it, well, everyone who listened, so thank you so much for listening to it so far. And if you haven't, if this is the first episode you're hearing, flick back, listen to the other one. Um, and then listen to this one, or listen to this one, then listen to that one. There's no spoilers. It'll be fine. You'll be That's okay. next week. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> oh, look at that. Look at that. Teasing the third episode just on the second. Oh, my gosh. We're like incepting our own podcast. Hello, everyone. Um, yeah, so today's episode, we are delving into our most anticipated games of 2024 so far. Obviously, with the caveat of that we know of, because games just pop out of nowhere all of the time. So we've had a, a we've had a look. I've just got a funny picture in my head of walking down the street and these games are like popping out. Yeah, just jumping out of bushes. They do that. They do that all of the time and that's why they end up on the Calyx because they just jump out at me. Um, they just not turn up. Because I have a problem. Um, yeah, so in this episode we are going to be delving into our... We'll start off with our gaming week. We're going to look at all the games that we played um, this week or some of them um, and see what we thought. We played some old favourites. We played some new things. Um, it's been a fun week. It's been busy. Um both board gaming and just life in general, isn't it? Just busy at the moment. It's January. Everyone's busy. Um, so we're going to talk about that. Then we're going to talk about our anticipated releases for 2024. Then later on, we have a special guest, our first ever guest on the podcast. We have the wonderful John from Trywin Games to talk about his new game coming out in 2024. Then, of course, we have our board game menu as well as sharing some of your fantastic board game menus that you have linked us to on Instagram. So thank you so much for that. So uh, let's start. Um, so what what has hit our table in our gaming week this week? So first of all, it's a little bit cheating because I got the stats from the start of January. That's because not cheating. We, we didn't really tell people what we were playing last week so i've yeah. just gone with everything we've played so far this year in yeah absolutely so um we have played a couple of games of blood on the clock tower yes online yes which is good and you've run one yes i've won one in person and we've ran a couple online and they were very very good we ran the bad moon rising script as well as a little custom script um they were chaotic fun but... we need to shout out james we, yep, Jane, we played with our friend, our good friend, friend of the show, friend in real life, um, James. Uh, we played uh, Blood on the Clock Tower with him, um, and he was very good at it. He did excellent uh, clock towering. Um, in, yes. In all seriousness, though, what is nice about Blood on the Clock Tower is it does allow us to play with our friends who otherwise we wouldn't see for a, a year or so. Um, but it keeps us in touch with our friends. So that's, that is really yes, nice. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we also finished Ticket to Ride. Yes. Spoilers next week. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yes, please let me spoil them. Yes, possibly, possibly. Um, we will do spoilers and non-spoilers. Of course. Uh, we played a game of After Us. Yes. Some Next Station London. Yes. With our friends 
Run across the pond. Yeah, we did. Uh, PJ, the Cajun gamer, and his lovely wife. Um, they are uh, PJ, obviously, from Meeple to Meeple, uh, another great pod, board gaming podcast that you should definitely give a listen to. And Games with Beanies. So that was nice. That's it. Um, and we played some Shifting Stones. Um, I wrote down Hand to Hand Wombat, but technically that was New Year's Eve, but it was the very early hours of um, Hand to Hand Wombat is hilarious, though. It's that, that hidden. The hidden role where one of you is an evil wombat, sneaky wombat, trying to uh, take away these towers that you're trying to create and all the other wombats are trying to create them and you've got your eyes closed but you're trying to move these towers and build them from largest on the bottom to smallest on the top. It's really good fun. It's really silly as long as you don't mind a lot of hand touching. Yeah, there was a lot of hand That's touching. That's the only, yeah, the only drawback. Uh, we played Kowali. Kowali. Which is a new game for you for Christmas. Yes, one of my favourite abstract strategies. It's, it's Connect 4, but with stones that you move across the board. Um, yeah, really, really good abstract. I love an abstract strategy, and it is one of the one of the, one of the good ones. Om Shanti. Yes, our game of the moment. Um, Om Shanti, shifting. It's like shuffleboard, but with magical, magical liquidy balls. I wasn't sure about it, but the more I play, I'm like, oh, this is cool. Actually, I do enjoy it. It's really good. Um, yeah, there's not. A, I haven't like ma- you haven't mastered it. Oh, I haven't mastered it either. Like how hard you have to roll the ball um, to get it perfectly to end where you want it to. We played a game of um, Isle of Cats on BGA because we played it with at Game for Beanie yeah. and really enjoyed it and wanted to play again, but we don't have a copy. So um, yeah, yeah I, I the it's good that you can play it on BGA. Um, to be fair, but the I don't. I'm not a huge fan of the actual version on BGA. I feel like there's something missing that the physical game. A lot of games on BGA miss what the physical games have, but it's there's like, something clunky about it isn't online. Isn't it the tile placement? Because there's something quite enjoyable about putting your tiles on your. Ship. Yeah, I just, I just uh, online. It's just not as not as enjoyable. And then I was quite conscious that I wanted to play some old favorites yeah because we keep going to the new and i don't want to do that this year so um we played lost ruins of arnock we played everdale which just comes out all the time we played cascadia paris and aquiline which we haven't played for a while actually um and all of those were very enjoyable yeah aquiline's a great um abstract puzzly game i think that's out of print now which is really a shame um but yeah, you're, you're basically either playing as like sea life or you're playing as the colours and you can basically move a tile and then place a tile. And it's this game of like cat and mouse, you're pulling and pushing and moving everything around the board to try and get your points. And it's it's just a really interesting game. Paris is, I really like Paris. It's like almost got that kind of patchwork vibe about it, but it's really mean. Really mean. Really mean. If you can't remember the rules. Yeah. Which happened to me yeah and then i lost spectacularly yeah but it's, it's just so difficult because you're playing your tiles if you haven't played paris before you're placing tiles you're placing the ground that you're going to build your polyominoes on anyway so the the board is part of the box which is a brilliant design choice um but you're playing the the cobbled stones of paris down before you place the building so you're placing either choosing to take a building or you're placing a tile and depending on where you place tiles depends on what shape buildings you need. And then if you mess up the shapes on the ground, then you're going to end up losing loads of points because you're going to end up with loads of buildings in your reserve. They have to be lit up by the lamppost, don't they? And then there's other extra things that you can get from the 
the action postcards. Yeah, the postcards are stunning artwork Um, on those postcards. So you can get waterfalls and fountains and things you can score. Yeah, so you get extra points and stuff, extra lamps and stuff. And it's all about being lit because obviously it's Paris, the city de lumière. So it's all the city of lights. So it's all about the light. Um, I really want to get the expansion as well, just because I want a massive cardboard Eiffel Tower to shove in the middle of the board. I love playing it, but we don't play it enough for me to remember the rules all the time and the scoring conditions. And then I, I just get yeah. um, deflated when yeah, yeah. I don't score as many points as I should. But I do love playing it. It's really good. And then we played Lacuna and Kites, which are games of the moment at the minute, because they're new. Lacuna's definitely coming to the table quite a lot. It's just so simple to set up. It's really, really quick. Uh, Lacuna is a beautifully stunning game about basically collecting flowers. The pot, the pot where you just, it's so satisfying that you just basically salt shaker all the pieces mm-hmm. over the table. Um, and then you're placing these metal pieces to gain more flowers, which is great. And Kites, as always, is just a pure chaotic it's just like flying kite in real life lovely and peaceful and absolute <laughs> chaos um i don't understand but yeah it's it's great and also with floodgate bringing out skyrockets very soon which apparently was at essen um but looks really cool it's basically kites but fireworks with a few extra modules to attach to it very interested to have a look and see what that's like that's out this year in 2024 Ooh, which then is... you should have added it to your list well i didn't but <laughs> that is actually bringing us on to Lovely I'm just segue. the master of segues. I am I am cast podding <laughs> so good today. Um, so we want to talk about our anticipation for 2024 and the games that are coming out this year. We've decided to ch- to tackle five each, five games that we uh, personally find it look interesting to us. I also have a couple of honourable mentions that I'm going to throw in there, possibly at the end. Um, because they look really cool and I really want to talk a little bit about them. But over to Becky to start, I think. That sounds like a fun idea. Um, Um, Go for it. Okay, so the first one that I saw that grabbed my attention was Skyrise by Roxley Games. Nice. Um, And it's about, from what I can understand, it's about building a city in the sky. It's a spatial auction game. I've not heard of it. I don't know that i've got any spatial auction games i don't know if that sounds a bit like um big boss is it the one from funko um and it's about area majority there are some secret and some public objectives and the buildings look really cool so there's some wooden buildings and some wooden wonders that you put out um in your city in the sky it's all about earning prestige and it's played over two eras there's different islands, and the idea is that you're getting majority on each island. You score a certain amount of prestige, and then you get special effects from playing your wonders at the end of Era 2. Um, but it just looks stunning, and it looks really intriguing. And I don't think we have a game in our collection that's quite like it. So I'd be um, intrigued to see what that's on. I, I can't remember if I read it. I think it might be, a, is it a re-implementation? Was there an older version of it? And they've, they've just basically modern, modern, modernised it a little bit and, and brought a new like touch to it. But you're, you're right, it does look absolutely beautiful. Um, it, it's something completely different to what we have. We don't have anything, anything similar to that in our collection. And that would be definitely something that would interest us, I think. And it's definitely one that I would suggest that everyone checks 
out. Um, is that that yeah. one? Yeah. So my first one is Arcs uh, from Lader Games. So this is Lader Games. This is designed by Colwell and art by Kyle Ferrin, as always. This essentially is Space Root or Space Oath. It's Spoot. Space Root. It looks incredible. So there are um, asymmetrical factions. There are area control modules. There is part of a campaign mode. Uh, the expansion, I think, is a campaign that you can attach to this to be able to play a, a full campaign mode of the game. And in this game, um, you are a... It's, it's a strategy game for two to four players set in a dark yet silly universe, ready for dramatic twists and turns as you launch into a galactic struggle. You take actions with multi-use cards, um, copy the leader, pivot to new tactics, or take initiative for the next round, and timing is everything. There are so many different ways of playing. There are There's a trick-taking mechanism to how you play cards. There's these really cool inventive dice that you roll with all these unique um, custom sides to them. It just looks really good. And there's a huge amount of spaceships that you get. You get the basic wooden ones, or if you backed it on the Kickstarter, you can get the really fancy looking plastic one so over 60 pieces it just looks incredible and it's just oh beautiful and i, I love root oath is good i need to get it to the table more really to really get into to the oath but i just i love the artwork of root i love the artwork of um oath it just it just it just sings to me um and a game that i really would want to get to the table so is it a completely new game it's or is it set in it's completely new. It's a completely new kind you said of it realm. Like Root. So, like Root in its kind of aesthetic, oh, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Ahoy is again an asymmetrical game, but based on pirates. They've kind of yeah built on. I, th- I think more more towards the Oath engine than whereas Ahoy is more a Root based mm-hmm. engine. I think Sounds Ahoy uh, uh, arcs seems more uh, Oath to me. Nice. And you like space things? I do like a bit of space in my themes, yes. So my next um, game is Catan New Energies. Now, I've not ever... I think I might have played Catan once. Online, maybe. Or tried to. But I've not played Catan. Let's say I've not played it. Um, I've watched it being played by other people. We watched... We watched um, a... Like, um, what was it called? We watched the World, yeah, Championship, the World Championship, where everyone just sat there for hours in silence before making the first move. It's hilarious. Um, and I've always been interested. And when we went to UKG, obviously, Catan has a huge stand. Um, but I've never been that interested to actually buy it. But this version is um, all about needing energy to keep society moving and growing. And pollution is wreaking havoc on the island. Um, it still involves harvesting, trading, and building, which are obviously elements from the original Catan. But the new elements are things like power plants, energy tokens, environmental events. And then you have to invest in renewable energy because using the cheap fossil fuels causes pollution events. Um, and there was something about having to negotiate with fellow players to decrease the pollution. Um, there's multiple paths to victory 
And if the game ends in catastrophe, the player who has invested most in renewable energy wins. It's made sustainably, apparently, from sourced wood and paper using no plastic pieces. But the um, theme, just for me, would grab me more than Catan, um, the farming element of Catan. This new energy idea sort of really um, grabs my attention. So I'm quite looking forward to maybe trying out Catan. Yeah, I don't know whether it... Because Catan is a three-player game. I don't know if this one... Can this one be played at lower play count? I'm not 100% sure. Um, but yeah, it's like like yourself. I've I've not really, we've we've not really explored Catan that much. Everyone it was everyone's gateway game essentially. A lot of people's mm. anyway. And it wasn't it wasn't one of ours. Ours was more uh, Pandemic and Colt Express. To be fair, it was never really Catan. But obviously, that's also to do with player count. It's just three to. Three to four. Okay, yeah. So similar play count as Catan, which you'd want really with negotiation because two player negotiation doesn't really work, does it? But although I do think there was, there I'm might going, be a I'm module. Going to look it up now. Cool. Um, well, I, you talk I will talk about my next one while you check that one out on the old computer, my Bob. Um, so my next one is from a publisher of the moment. At the moment, uh, they seem to be knocking out great game after great game, and that is Devere. Uh, which is Cosmos uh, UK here in the UK. And the game that I want to talk about is Rock Hard 1977. Now, this is a whole theme of a game that I have not heard of, or or I've I've seen a few music themes, they're more interesting themes lately, but I've not got anything sort of like this. And this game includes event decks, its set collection, and its worker placement. And that is just immediately mechanisms that i would love so the game basically is it's 1977 and you're an up-and-cupping musician dreaming of making it big with your band over the next few months you rehearse play gigs write songs and promote your band with careful planning and a little luck you'll earn the most fame and become the best new artist of the year so this game is played over a maximum of nine rounds each um representing a typical day of the uh, one month in 1977 um april to december and you win the game by accruing accruing the most fame you do this with increasing your reputation uh your songs having the best production you're performing your publicity getting record deals and earning royalties and it just there's not a huge amount about it but the whole idea of it it's a theme that i'm so interested in seeing work because i don't know many like music themed i know there's one just recently come out that's a music themed game was that come together <clears throat> oh yeah that's come together which was um that that one was was kind of music themed um there's the other one that being made by paverson games the one that's about making stringed instruments Lacrimosa. Oh, there's Lacrimosa, which yeah. is not that one but there's another uh, luthia Oh, which is another I one. I began with L. <laughs> which looks really good. But this just seems to... And Devere have a really good track record for me at the moment, especially with things like Three Ring Circus, The White Castle. They're just... Yeah, they're they're on my radar that they're making these small boxes with a lot of game inside. Um, yeah, when you say small box, the White Castle box is chock-a-block. Yeah, it barely fits in the box. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good package. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Rock Hard is one that is I'm anticipating, I'm looking forward to just because really interesting theme, 
mechanics that I love and Devere, which to me at the moment are doing some top tier production um, and incredible games. So definitely looking forward to that one. Mm. Did you find out about Catan? I think it's three to four. I okay. can't see anything else. But, um, sounds good. That sounds fun. Uh, my next game is a game called Aqua by Sidekick Games. Um, and from what I can see, it looks like, I mean, the only way to describe it is sort of a Cascadia type thing. But you start off um, with a hotspot that gradually becomes surrounded by coral formations. And then if you form your corals correctly, you can place small marine animals on top of them, I believe. And then you can attract larger marine animals and put those on top. But I, I saw pictures of it. And it looked really pretty, really beautiful. And I like games like Cascadia, like yeah. puzzly type things. Um, so it plays over 17 rounds, which I'm sure go quite quickly. It's, it's going to be tiles. Like Acropolis has like a m- 11 piles of tiles. Um, you it? take a coral tile, you attract an animal, and then you score points for the best coral formations and for the amount of large and small sea animals that you um, collect. But it just looks really pretty definitely my type of game and one of those games that you can just like a starter or a dessert type for a menu um one that will just come out a lot and yeah Perf- perfect filler yeah like like acropolis like cascadia does it does look mm. does look, i didn't even know about this game until you found it actually so it looks really good it looks really nice absolutely okay um <clears throat> my next one is a game from sea cow games designed by Matt Mundy and the one thing that probably sells it above everything for me is the fact that the art is by the one and the only Andrew Bosley of Everdell fame um in this game this is a cooperative game where you play as a different asymmetrical chicken now just by saying that sentence I'm sold on asymmetrical chickens and your <laughs> jo- your job okay. is to defend your farm from predators in a cooperative manner so you're you're all chickens working together to stop predators coming into your farm and essentially going to be eating you um so lots of strategy incredible artwork just out of this world production um it's one of those kickstarters that is that's amazingly produced it feels like creature comforts it feels like everdale i would worry that the production on a retail edition will be vastly different to production on a cre- on a on a kickstarter which was the problem i found with creature comforts and probably the reason i didn't go for creature comforts and they haven't bought creature comforts in the end as much as it looks stunning is i really want all those lovely wooden tokens <laughs> i i i like that stuff i like those really cool pieces and especially when you're spending a lot of money on the game the game price is still really expensive but you're getting Cardboard tokens makes me sad. Is one of the predators a badger by any chance? I I, I I don't know. I'm going to oh, I'm going to check that one now. Um, I know it's your normal foxes and things like that, but I hope that there is a badger in there. I'm going to find that out for you while you talking of um Andrew Bosley. He is the artist on Sky Rise. Oh yeah, so that's good. We like Andrew Bosley. We'll, we'll be getting that then. Lots of games for you. Absolutely. Um, my fourth game is from Osprey Games, and it is Undaunted 2002, 
What would you, how would you say that? 2,200? Yes, that's how I would say that. 2,200? 2,200. Callisto. I have always had my eye on Undaunted Games, but I don't know if war games are necessarily something that you really love. Um, so we've not touched Undaunted Games. But this one I think you would like because it's a sci-fi version of Undaunted. So there's two player there's two player version, four player version, there's a solo game. It says you navigate barren lunar landscapes, maneuver to seize dominant high ground positions and utilize your formidable mechs to gain control. Um it's about tensions between Earth's leading co- corporations um and apparently there were protests erupted, strikes and contracts broken and it's about this battle for Callisto. But I reckon I could probably get you to play an Undaunted that's based in a sci-fi world. So that might be one to check out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of my one of our good friends, Steve, uh, Board Game Waffle on Instagram, uh, mentioned this the other day, and um, yeah, it 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 look it does look really good. Um, and it might be the thing sort of thing you try that one out, and then I go, yeah, actually, I'll try the normal, the other Undaunted and stuff because I've heard nothing but good things. Um, it just. Yeah, I, I think theme isn't always... Was it at UKG or the Battle of Britain one? That yeah. And we were kind of maybe tempted. But, yeah, I definitely think a sci-fi version. Yeah, I think it's like, yeah, space themes always always tick a, tick a box for me. Um, but he, it, it's... It's definitely something that is that's probably one of the one of the really interesting ones for me. I would definitely be very tempted to try that one out because it's something again. It's a different game rather than a uh, a copy of something I've already got on the shelf. Uh, so it's definitely a very good thing for me to look at. Yeah. Mm. Okay. What's your next one? So my next one is a game called Harvest, and it's by Trey Chambers and uh, with art from Tierra Connor. Uh, the publisher of this game. Again, is another one that when a publisher comes out with a game, I go, yep, sure, I'm sold. Um, and it is, of course, Keymaster Games who make Parks and have made Caper Europe. So oh, really game. good games. Game yeah, it's it's like rocking horse poo to find. Uh, yeah, Caper Europe is really good. I love it. Um, but yeah, Keymaster make incredible games. So this is a re-implementation of a game that was from 2017, but they've just upped the artwork slightly different mechanics on it um and in this game you're taking the role of a farmer which you have your own unique so you're asymmetrical you have your own penchant for working the land uh, and you choose a farmhouse with a special round benefit and what you're doing is you're basically building a farm you're growing crops you're selling crops you're building buildings it's it's like 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 like, yeah like agricola <laughs> worker placement, open drafting, variable player powers, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it, it gives me those vibes of you're building stuff like viticulture, that kind of thing yeah. as well. And you're, and you're harvesting your crops and you're scoring more points. You're expanding your land. It, it just looks really fun. And you're just trying to have a good harvest season. Again, anthropomorphic animals, nature themed stuff. Give me more of that, please. <laughs> um, because there's always room on my shelf for more strange animal creatures kicking about. But yeah, harvest farming, fun. It's, it's, it's yeah, definitely something I'm looking forward to. And I think you might enjoy that one as well. Yeah. Uh, my last uh, choice needs a bit of a caveat. 
because um, these are good friends of ours. Okay. And um, they also created, or Rob created our logo. So I feel like yes. you can't just mention them without the background yes. to it. Indeed. Um, but <laughs> I'm very excited because um, one, Hero should be arriving soon. That is true. Is this very is very exciting. exciting news. Yes, absolutely. So Ely River Games, we met Rob at UKG. Yes. We had the best hour demonstration of the hero game. Um, he is an amazing person um, and clearly is very passionate about the games he creates. Um, and in hero, his friends are part of the interwoven into the story of the game his his life is interwoven he's he's a surgeon yeah. by by trade um, um that trade um so yeah and profession, profession. yeah that's it and uh yeah it's all everything inside is is him the game is him um but he get, gives of his time very free like the fact that he spent an hour with us at ukg when there were clearly lots of people he wanted to share his game with um i will forever be grateful for that yeah um and i'm very excited that the game is arriving but that's not the game we're going to talk about the game we're going to talk about is the trash game which i don't know very much about but i have seen the artwork and it looks really cool i mean and if it's anything like here i certainly have bought into ely river games yeah. and the people um the two brothers rob and peter and you know, I would buy into anything that they are producing. I yep. love their stuff. So this is a uh, trash business is booming and every player wants to get filthy rich. You have to bribe the city council, pimp your garbage truck and dump waste. It's a two to eight, um, eight player game. You draft council members. There's a bit of simultaneous play. There's six different city maps, I think, um, and a range of council members that you can draft so um each game is going to be different and you can what i quite, was quite intrigued about is that apparently you can have different length games so you can have a short 30 to 45 minute game or you can go for a longer game so there's some short medium and long game um i'm just really excited because i know how excited i was about hero and i'm excited about it arriving and then they've got this new game out. They've also got a lava, lava story, lava story, on which the... I don't know when it's coming out. But um, yeah, definitely got my eye on the Ely River games, the trash game as well. And the other thing, there is a, a the, the all the asymmetrical characters um, as well, all the different councillors and the different type of greedy people that are running the councils. Mm -hmm. And one of them, one of those council members looks really familiar i i can't i can't tell where i've seen them from all i know is they are the the picture judging by the picture and the artwork and the the name of the character they're very uh very powerful roles uh they're very handsome and very modest um wow so yeah well, well, look out for that then. <laughs> um, yeah so uh my my fifth choice um is a game um that wasn't I saw little bits about, but it was really brought to my attention more when I spoke to PJ, the Cajun gamer, as mentioned before. Um, this is a game called Mythwind. This is a cooperative role-playing 
storytelling mission based campaign game. There are tech trees, well, so hold you're on a right. Yeah, repeat that. Okay, because there was a lot going on there. Yeah, so. so- this so game is cooperative, so you're all working okay. together in the same for the same goal. Yeah, it is a role-playing scenario-based mission. So there are missions, so scenarios, and missions that you can do. Okay. You can play this solo or cooperatively. It's mm-hmm. a campaign-driven game. There are there are storytelling elements. There are tech tracks where so you can bump tracks and things like that. It's like the tech tracks in. Yeah, that kind of thing. So you're 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 getting better. Your characters mm. are getting better. No. There's worker placement as well as dice worker placement. Whoa. So you're not only placing your incredible looking minis, you're placing a, like the other parts as well. It's an open. It's basically it's a big sandbox game. It's uh oh, yeah. the the idea of this game is you are and it's classed as a cozy game. So you are unique characters and miracle magical sprites engaging in a story with upending adventures. During the game, the characters are working together to establish and build a new town in the magical world of Mythwind Valley. They were anthropomorphic animals again. (laughs) Oh, we do love an anthropomorphic animal. No, they're fairy looking things. Oh, okay. Um and animal looking things. All your games are going Everything is an anthropomorphic animal. We love that. And that is the letter of the day. A for anthropomorphic. <laughs> you just like that one. It says you like the artwork. But the problem is I've said it too many times now and I no longer can say that word. Yeah. I said it right once or twice. But yeah, this Mythwind is well worth the look. It's it's funded on Kickstarter. <laughs> so hopefully retail versions will come along that will be relatively uh, good price, but I feel they will be a small fortune. But um, really that excited for it. it. Yeah, absolutely, really excited for it. I, I have that joy and excitement by looking at it as the same joy and excitement I had when I first saw Sleeping Gods. And we know how well that that's gone down. We've played that some. We've played that sometimes. We've we've played that a few times. We have. Yes. We need to play it more. We need to. It is great. But it is very good. But it gives me that kind of yeah. sandboxy stuff. I'm very excited for for it. Great. Um, you said you had some honourable mentions. Honourable mentions. Because I don't. Okay. Then. I, I, I managed to keep to the brief, which was five games. Yeah. So and what you're telling me is you found five games and then found some extra. Yeah. So you basically what I'm saying is you, we, you, we kept to the brief. I picked seven, you picked five. That was now the brief. Um, so first honourable mention is um, Heat Heavy Rain, which is the expansion to the ever-wonderful, ever-popular Heat from Days of Wonder. So Heat Heavy Rain essentially has been brought out to fill the gaps in the box from the original that they put in there, knowing full well they were going to release an expansion. Which, it, love. <laughs> which I love that. Uh, it comes with two more maps, Japan and Mexico. I love a map. It involves wet conditions and variant different cooldowns. So there's. I'm glad that was the case because if it had been called heavy rain and there was no mention of the rain, yeah, that would have been very disappointing. Yeah, so that would have. <laughs> I guess so. I yeah, I guess that would have been disappointing. Heat, heavy rain, everything's a lovely sunny day. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm really excited to actually try out some new modules for that. I do, I do need to get Heat to the table more with bigger groups and stuff because it is a great game. Um, and I just think Heat, Heavy Rain, I think just adding moisture 
to heat would be good. Um, you do like to call it torrential rain. I, I do. think that's because we saw a French version which was called Le Torrential something well, other. Yes, thank you for <laughs> all of those French listeners that we've just gained. I'm sorry. Ooh. It was called something. It was heat, Le Torrential Rain. Uh, yeah, so torrential rain, heat, um, heavy rain, very cool looking game. Uh, and my other honourable mention is a really cool game that is actually released in 2025 hence why it's my uh um honorary mention is because it'll come to kickstarter in 2024 and it's a game called meeple inc um and in meeple inc you take on the role of a board game publisher collecting the perfect mix of artwork components and mechanism to build the greatest board games in the world i saw on instagram I I don't know if it's just in like a I I imagine there's a a, a what's the word like a deluxe version and then there's maybe not but there's boxes and there's yep. things you put in the boxes it's very exciting. yeah so the components go in the little boxes the boxes go onto a little tiny calyx that you get in the box it is crazy cool um I absolutely cannot wait to get you put little meeples and little tiny dice in these boxes and then you put them on your shelf and you sell them and my heart, i reckon anybody yeah. who's into board if games, you are yes yeah, if you are listening to this right now um just check out meeple link because wow wow yeah, i'm really cool. blown away by it and i think it's gonna it's gonna do it's going to be big. Um, I personally think it's going to do really well. It, it hopefully it does really well. I'm hoping it's it's a very good game. And I mean, being a board game publisher and that kind of thing is it must be a great business idea to have that. And ironically, I have come up with the absolute perfect business plan. Have you? Yeah, because, like, so we've got all these board games behind us, right, on the shelves. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I've got quite a few of them. Yeah. And ch- Brainwave, yeah. why don't we rent them out? If we rented them out, we board game rentals, that must be a there's – a, there's a gap in the market uh, for that. Craig, Craig, Craig. Sorry? What? You do know who we're sponsored by. Spon- Sorry? You do know who we're sponsored by. What do you mean? Sponsor- well, you're, you're- – Sort of talking about an idea that's already I'm currently kidding. existing and we're sponsored by them. So you should really know this. This is not a new idea to you. I'm, com- I'm anyway, confused. Let me tell you about it. Right. We're sponsored by Rent, Shuffle and Roll. Who? Rent, Shuffle and Roll okay. let you rent any of their 1,000 games on a monthly basis so you can try before you buy or get access to a rolling selection of new games every month. That sounds amazing. That's my idea. No, it's not. Oh. If you're feeling mysterious, you could take a look at their new Mystery Vault selection and see what you can solve. Use code GITG50 to support the show and get 50% off your first month. That is... So they have that... Very cool idea before you had it. They're already doing it. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's incredible. So more people should be going to rentshuffleandroll.com using the code GITG50 to get 50% off their first order. And I suppose that'll help the podcast out as well. Yeah. That's an amazing thing. 
definitely do that. So head over to rentshovelandroll.com and use the code GITG50 to get 50% off your first month. Well, we have some amazing news for you. Today is our first ever special guest on Get Into Games On Air. And our first ever special guest is none other than the lovely John from Try Win Games. Hello, John. Whoop, whoop. Hello. How's it going? How are you? Good, good. I'm doing very, very well. Excited to have you on board. Puns. Love them. Uh, yeah. So, um, Enough about me. Everyone's heard from me. People want to hear from you, John. Who are you, John? And what Who are I? you about? Um, yeah, so John from Trywin Games, tell us about yourself. Hello. I'm yeah, I am John. I'm I am from Trywin Games. Um, Excellent. That's all the time we've got. Um <laughs> <laughs> That's that's all that people really need to know. Um what is the, the oh, what would you need to know? Um, I'm into board games, which is good, which is probably one of the reasons why you wanted to have a little chat. Yes, um, absolutely. Why? I mean, what what brought you to? I mean, what brought you to the hobby? What 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 made you want to make a game? That's a that's actually uh, that's a really a cheesy response, but a really interesting question because. Um, Sort of growing up, um, my board game sort of experience was like the little games compendium. So we'd go away on holiday and stuff and have like Ludo and things like that. And we'd play a little bit of chess every so often. And um, it was always it was always nice, but it was very either like super strategy like chess stuff or Ludo, which was just totally roll of the dice. And, and that was my uh, gaming experience, as I guess a lot of people's has been at that sort of age. Um, and and it, it sort of waned through sort of teenagers. It just sort of dropped away, and then um, other things sort of unfolded. Uh, and much later on, stumbled upon uh, a meetup group um, down in Oxfordshire where I, I live now, and they suggested as one of the meetups uh, to go to a place which I thought was called Thirsty Meatballs, and I thought it was an Italian place, and I thought that sounds. <laughs> Fantastic. That sounds really good. I'm up for that. And then the guy said, no, 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 they, they do board games. I went, oh, all right, okay. Turned up and saw it was called Thirsty Meeples. And I was completely confused as I didn't know what the term was. And then walked through the door and then was just overcome with this, like, walls of games, of variety, of names, of themes, of styles. And in, just in, like, a short gaming session with – there's about six or eight of us. Um, just a complete eye-opener of what was out there for people just to have a nice time with. Um, and I was like, this is this is pretty cool. And more or less like the moments coming home after that, I was like looking online and going, okay, what's this like modern board game malarkey like? And found on YouTube the series. It was a, a tabletop with Will Wheaton. Yep, and and just consumed all that. I mean, I just digested all that stuff like <laughs> feverishly. It's like these games are fun, they are entertaining, they are different. They have these things called mechanics in them, and there are different design. And there's this whole industry, and this just door was open. And like this is fascinating, and I was like, it, it just awoke something in me where I was like I, I could 
I'd like to have a go at something like this. And uh, and it was sort of the seeds were sown then, and that was about 2016. Um, and from then, I was like, I, I want to be able to do something in this space. And that's where the sort of the, the idea started being kindled of, yeah, doing my own sort of thing. So that's my, yeah, my sort of intro, I guess, and awakening into the broader hobby. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, you're... Obviously, we know each other quite well. We you're prolific on uh, Instagram. I mean, how long after you sort of went to Thirsty Meeples had your first taste of board gaming? Did it take you before you started? Was was having the Instagram account more to do with having the game, or was it more to do with just wanting to share the hobby and get to meet more people within the hobby? So it was. Um, so let's say it was about I don't know summer sixteen for the um, game stuff, and then maybe about three or four months after that. I just ordered like a base kit of like blank cards, blank dice, and just some basic starter bits. And now that I knew that what meeples were, understood what they could be used for. <laughs> um, and then started churning through potential ideas and, and what I enjoyed about games and what I didn't and what sort of things had been covered and what hadn't. Obviously, I hadn't seen everything. I mean, hardly anybody ever has, right? <laughs> um, but so from then, it was like up until summer 17 when I sort of got the idea of, my current game after other iterations of ideas um and then after a couple of years of, of working out the sort of getting the game more sort of stable um a friend of mine suggested oh you should get your game demoed at the uk games expo and i and i went the what and they went yeah yeah there's this annual event at birmingham and yeah I was like, oh, okay um so then it became more sort of serious um and that's when the Instagram account came out because there were board gamers on Instagram. Who knew? Who knew <laughs> that there were people sharing photographs and their joy of the games on the gram? And uh, and that was my sort of step into the Instagram pool, if you like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because obviously you do try win time every Wednesday as well. So that's something that everyone joins in with the um, community and it's a great thing that you run. Now, we want to get to know you a little bit better. And to get to know you a little bit better, Becky here has got a list of quick fire questions. So the first thing that comes to your mind when you want, when you know these questions, shout it out and we've got this. Yeah. Okay. No, no hesitations, just whatever comes. Uh, first game you ever played? Uh, probably Ludo. Okay. First game you bought? Oh, oh, that that's really difficult. Um, oh, properly bought would have been Monopoly oh. years ago. Um, a theme you would always play. So, if there's a a game of a theme that you would always oh Vi- Viking theme, hands down. Cool. Favorite mechanism? Oh, um, pushy luck. Mm-hmm. Favorite player count? Oh, interesting. Uh, um probably oh it depends that's really hard (laughs) oh gee i think i can hear some hesitation i'm not i'm not sure it's it's really difficult i was gonna say i was gonna say four and then there are some games that are so sweet at two and so great at six or more i'll I'll say i'll say four i'll say four it did sound like he was going for four but he wasn't quite sure uh color you would choose to play as Yellow. Uh, most interesting place you've played a board game? Oh, um, the um, Bastard Cafe in Copenhagen. 
Nice. How far have you travelled to play a game? Uh, that's probably the furthest. Is out to um, yeah, Denmark. Yeah. Um, a game you would never want to play again. Uh, <laughs> Red Rising. <laughs> Why? <laughs> so um, the the short version is it was a uh, recommended at a board game cafe from a very reliable person and. It looked lovely and sounded okay and played it, and it, it just felt so underwhelming for me. I just – I didn't have any sort of background of the, the um, like franchise or anything, but it, it, it just didn't grab me. Um, a favourite board game memory? Um, wow, that's difficult. Uh, <laughs> no hesitation, right? Um, <laughs> Probably, um, oh, that's really difficult. Actually, no, I'd say um, the the first um, there were a group of university students who um, were the first enthusiastic players. I think they were the second play testers of my game at the twenty nineteen expo. That was super yeah. super cool. Uh, favorite convention? Uh, ooh. Oh, I'd say UKGE. <laughs> uh, the most beautiful game, in your opinion? Um, I'd, I'd have to say Brass. Mm-hmm. And the most, the most underrated game, in your opinion? That's really tricky. That's tricky because I don't know the perceptions of all the different games. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Um, that's underrated. Uh, or maybe there's a game that you take to uh, conventions or meetups that people haven't played before that you really like. Like a hidden gem. Yeah. Do you have a hidden yeah, gem yeah. in your Yeah. Um, so t- oh, that, that's, a, that's a really good question. And I wish I've got a really good answer for it. Most of the games I end up playing are ones that people already know. So then it's a nice, easy sort of, you can get it out and people are just into it. Yeah. Um, right. You have to have an underrated game. Um, that's all my questions. You'll be pleased to know. Okay. They They're very, very good questions. <laughs> well, I think we've all got to learn, John, a little bit better there. <laughs> I think the next time we have a guest on, well, time, and then we'll have a leaderboard, like in Top yeah. Gear, like, <laughs> in a reasonably priced car, and see who can actually answer them. If the you quickest. hesitate, that's it. Yeah. You're out. <laughs> um, okay, so um, the other reason we've brought you here, obviously there is a game that is bubbling away, uh, working beneath the surface. Um, this is That's a really bad way to bring up this game. Um, um so it is due to come out in 2024. It's been brewing a little while. I'm really <laughs> selling this well. Um, you just like John, the puns. Yeah, I love it? the puns. Yeah. Uh, please let us know about your game. Um, can't go. Over to you. Okay. Um, yeah, we, I mean, a lot of that sounded like you were setting up um, a, a gastronomical sort of game, but it's it's not that... <laughs> Uh, okay, Can't Go is the game of poop, points, and pandemonium. Um, in a nutshell, you're playing as an ultra-competitive uh, toilet, and you're trying to score the most poop points out of your um, competitors, which would be between uh, 
complete player count between two and six players. Um, there's two decks that you draw from, uh, and there are four cubicles in the uh, gameplay area. And your choice is either to have a pooping turn of building poop points out in the play zone, or trying to steal those points and win the points in uh, in a finishing turn. And the way the game's set up is there are two draw decks. One is poop and points, which has got all the poop and points, and it's and the other is a pandemonium deck, which either allows you to try and uh, steal points from others or sort of create a bit more chaos in the game, so that you always need to pay attention. Uh, and there's always something you can do, regardless of whether you're straight out in the lead or you're lagging behind or somewhere in the middle, um, or whether you're playing with your bestest friends or arch rivals. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, and it's all very, the, the art style's kawaii, so it's all very um, cute sort of uh, Japanese style. So it's, it looks quite nice and inviting. It's, it can be quite cutthroat um, if you decide to use some of the more uh, <laughs> meaner strategies in it. But um yeah, that um, can't go. Yeah, we. I mean, we played it this past year, uh, last past year gone. That's not even a sentence. No. We played it recently at UKGE, um, and it was we really good. We also played it at... Um, oh, yeah. At, the at, scout at our scout, yeah, scout board game night yeah. as well, which was great. Um, it seems to go down well with mo- most people, doesn't it? it you know, it, I think people initially go, oh, what's this about? And then they're, you know, they're laughing and they're, it, it, it's good fun and yeah, there's a, there's, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot to the game. Um, that it's not just people will look and go, oh, it's just a game about poo and you're making longer poos to get more points because of the little bits of sweet corn inside the poos, but um, but it's more than that. There is, there's, there's a, there's a lot of depth. Um, <laughs> to, to it, really. um yeah. There's a lot of strategy, a lot of depth, and I, I, it's 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 a good it's such a good game. The way it's kind of well, the way you've designed it to make it interesting and make it more than just going for the silly toilet humor, as it were. I mean, yeah. there is silly humor. It is funny. Um, it's very take. There is a lot of take that um, involved, and take that is not one of my favorite mechanics in a game. To be honest, I generally steer away from them, but you can't help but just laugh because yeah. you're taking poo from someone that's you can't be angry about that and you have a smiley face i mean how did the idea come about so uh, so one of the um so looking through the, the sort of tabletop experience and playing other games as well is i started tuning into the sort of games i liked and what i could put out into a game and one was where there's always a little bit of risk to take and you can always see how well other people are doing and you the, the sort of play area is always changing so you need to pay attention and there's always something you can do uh and it's fun to play but there's still um a little bit of thought in it as well so it's not completely risk by or chance based um and you can sort of direct the game to a certain extent but obviously others can as well um, and I wanted to, so originally one of the, the thoughts was having something about maybe like miners exploring like and revealing gems and stuff and and it, it, it felt okay but it, it didn't really sort of feel very fun or I don't know didn't have much it didn't, it didn't make me come alive or anything and uh, in the air summer 17 was just about to go away on a, a camping trip and in the morning routine I was thinking, well, you want something where you're looking and, and things kind of 
grow and develop, but then they disappear. And and I was like, oh, I know what the theme could be. And it it, it just it, the game just sort of started like spelling itself out in my head. And it, yeah, it, it just grew from there. <laughs> I also think it's great because it's a card game, and you know you could like take it. So I've been out to the pub with my friends and taken board games, and it's definitely one of those things that you would take and could share with people quite easily. Um, you know, it's it, easy to set up, easy to teach, easy yeah. to play. It, 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 yeah, it definitely is one of those very sort of accessible. games. Yeah. And you can play it with kids, you can play it with adults. Yeah, they'll all get, everyone will get something Very versatile. From it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that was actually one of the other considerations was having having a game that was portable enough to just chuck in a, a small bag and and a, and a small enough play area. So if you've got a big old table, you can obviously spread the poop all the way down the table and people just race <laughs> to see if they can get it off the end of the table, uh, which sounds yeah. really strange if you've never played the game, but it makes sense once you have. <laughs> you can play it more yeah, in a yeah. more compact way and then it's it's yeah still more sort of portable. Yeah, I think sometimes discussing a game about poop coming out of cubicles and spreading across the table is probably not the easiest thing to do on a uh, audio medium. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I um so the artwork you said is the is that really cutesy kind of Japanese sort of style art. So how did you come about uh, developing that, finding someone to be able to create that really good art quality? Yeah, so the at the 2019 Expo, I went there and all the artwork was just iconography, so just black and white, very, very functional. It, um, it, it, some people said it had a certain charm. I think they were just being polite. Uh, and then one of the players, um, actually uh, Emily, whose Instagram name has just gone out of my head, um, she suggested and. Yeah, so then I was just like looking through Instagram of, of kawaii artists going, okay, well, let's see what's out there and um, what sort of uh, style could I go for? And then stumbled across this picture of this little sort of, uh, kawaii duck character. And I thought, that, it, like that, that, that's it. That's what I want the, the style to be. So I just contacted the artist and went, have you ever done board game art? Would you like to? This is you know, what the theme of the game is. Uh, and this was um, Sina Lund over in um, Denmark. And she was like, this sounds awesome. Uh, and he just struck it up from there saying, yep, this is how it looks now. This is kind of the roughly how I would like it to look. Um, and she just created all this beautiful looking artwork that just really captured the the delight and the joy in in just looking at it. So it's nice nice to look at rather than people being sort of um, <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it, it's got that funny, cutesy look. It, yeah. It? Mm, yeah. it draws you in because yeah. you're interested to know what what's going on, and thus and the bits of sweet corn and the yeah, all the bits of sweet corn are really air, adorable. Air fresheners and all of that. Yeah. So yeah, so many. So I mean, that, oh, about the other sort of cards. Obviously, we've discussed like there's the cubicles and you can damage the cubicles and stuff like that. So I mean, what else in the game can you do to kind of give people a bit of a flavour about what else, what kind of tactics they can have within the game? So I think the the most unique bit about the game is sort of the way you sort of try and win the the poops in play, which I've I've been trying to come up with a sort of a mechanism description, and I've actually spoken to others about this, and they've also struggled. Uh, somebody said it was like what was it a ladder bidding system, uh, where once there's a poop in play, somebody finishes it on their turn, 
Well, then the next player gets a go, and there are toilet paper wipe cards in the deck. So if you play one of those on your turn, then that supersedes a person who just finished the poop. Uh, but then if the next the next person gets a turn, if somebody wipes, and they can also wipe. So potentially, if everyone's got toilet paper, you can keep going round and round for as long as people can mm -hmm. wipe. But you can't, in the normal turns, in the um, pooping turns, you can draw up uh, on your hand. Uh, but in the finishing turns, you've only got the cards in your hand to play with. You can't keep drawing up. So there's an element of strategy of going, okay, how much do I commit to this poop? versus the others do i strategically not wipe or and give someone else the points to, to stop someone else getting them um so there's an element of that because you'll only draw up when it comes back to your turn so depending on how many people are playing you might be waiting a little while so you might want to keep more in your hand but then there are other cards in there such as the flush which if you play that it doesn't matter if everybody's wiped or if the, the poop's actually half finished it'll just clear whichever cubicle is sort of um, is in play which can be delightful to to uh, flush all those wipes that everyone's been committing to <laughs> uh, or if you're feeling sort of more generous you can play one of the splash cards um, and either share the points with yourself and the previous pooper um, or there's one that shares it with everybody which is a really generous card which I've, I don't think I've ever played that one uh, <laughs> and actually through the game so sometimes you can discard a card if you want to so there's a little um, soap token, which will give you a, a washing your hands action, which is getting rid of your cards to get a new hand. Uh, you can uh, change your cards if you like. And if people start getting rid of the sharing cards, you can see what sort of game that they're sort of geeing up for. Yeah. Uh, and at the start, people are quite, you know, uh, friendly and they're, they're enjoying the game. And eventually, nearer the middle and end of the game, they're like, okay, I need to, to get my, um, my game face on here and all the nice cards just get discarded into the uh, into the sewer deck but um yeah so there's lots of options um yeah it's um and some of them you can sort of play in between turns as well so you can sort of st stop people sort of taking a turn if they're taking a bit too long or just sort of mixing things up there so it's uh yeah like i say keep keep your eyes peeled and uh and there's always something to do yeah no that's really cool and it's great to hear that it's hopefully will be able to be on our tables very, very soon. Um, so one of the other things that we want to do on our podcast is talk about our board game menus. And as we have a special guest, we thought we would challenge you to come up with your own board game menu. So it is going to be over to you to let us know your board game menus of choice and why you have chosen the games that you have. So, uh, yeah, uh, take it away. Okay. Um, I really like this, by the way. And yeah, I was having a good old think, and there were various options that came through. But my starter, um, it, it, I'll let you know the other option later that I was thinking of. But my starter would be Flammarouge. Um, and also, probably with the, the Peloton expansion, so you could get a few more people in um, if, if so desired. Um, however, if you did have more than four, they'd probably be a bit disappointed when the main came around because my main was going to be Brass Birmingham, uh, a bit more meaty. Um, and obviously, if you've, if you've had you know six players in that first one, they can just, I don't know, just go out for a walk or something for the main. <laughs> or maybe have two copies. Two copies of the game, that'd be fine. Two tables, that'd, that'd be lovely. Never leave anyone out. Um, and then my dessert would be, uh, that's not a hat. Because what better way to wrap up uh, a lovely game in the evening than just 
an absolute moment of bewilderment and confusement, which is definitely a word, um, to yep. see yep. off a lovely <laughs> gastronomical experience of war games. Where did I play that not We played uh, Mollycon. Yeah. Oh, my goodness That's... me. I was mostly confused. Didn't yep. have a clue what the cards were that were hidden. Had yep. no idea what was being passed around the circle. Just... It was mayhem. Yeah, absolutely mayhem. broke my brain that one. But yeah, that, that's a that's a great little menu. Um, I haven't Flamrouge is on my to playlist. I, I've got Heat, which got very similar mechanics, but um, I do really want to try uh, Flamrouge and uh, and what's not to love about Brass Birmingham. We've um, got some other board game menus from other people. Amazing. On Instagram. Shall I share a few? Yes, definitely. So at Tale of Two Meeples, their starter was Sushi Go Party. Oh, yeah. And then um, between them, they couldn't decide whether it was Stone Age or Machikoro. And then their um, dessert was Battle Sheep. Nice. Stone Age I've played, Sushi Go Party we've played, but the other two I haven't. Um, at Spooky Meeples, their starter was Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza, which yeah, I oh, love, yeah. but you could end up with a broken hand. Yep. <laughs> yeah. um, but if you survive yeah. the starter. <laughs> the last time I played with my uh, friends from work, uh, one ended up with blood on their hand. Yep. That's how dangerous it got. Um, their main was Flamecraft, which I absolutely love. And um, the dessert was sea salt and paper. No. So either a short or extraordinarily long game. If you, if play. you play with games with Beanie, <laughs> take a shot. And then we'll do one more. So um, at board gamer, at board underscore gamer 25, uh, their starter was Love Letter, followed by Sheriff of Nottingham which I haven't played in ages and they need to get out. And their dessert was werewords. Nice. Very social deduction I like that. Yeah. I like that indeed. Cool. Well, thank you very much for joining us, John. Thank you for talking about your wonderful game that's coming out soon. And thanks for l- introducing yourself to our lovely, lovely listener folks here at Get Into Games on the air. That's not the name of it. It's just on air. Ignore the verb. Um, I know what I'm doing. I'm an expert. <laughs> I can cast pod with the best of them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so thank you so much for, for joining in and um, being a sport and getting involved with the menu and enjoying those quick ish fire <laughs> questions. Yeah, there's, there's um, some tolerance in there. I'm, I'm just going to say it's uh, the internet lag. That, that's definitely what it was. <laughs> um, yeah, there's no hesitation on this side. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll fix it in the edit. Yeah, thank you for asking me on. It's a real pleasure um, because I listened to your first episode and um, it it can be sometimes be awkward to sort of convey like your real self into like a podcast format. And I really like the, just the the real genuine energy and sort of aliveness, electricity sort of stuff that was (laughs) coming from the first um, episode. Obviously we met each other at real events um, and I love to, both of your um, just just way with with board games and just both really cool people. So it's, it's really cool to yeah. to speak to you, yeah. and uh, I look forward to future episodes too. Stop it! Stop it! Thank is you that, very is much. that what you wanted, Craig? Is that 
I can't read all the writing that you wrote for me. Some of it was smudged, but it was at, okay. Oh, that's fine. That's all right. Yeah. The check's in the yeah, post. Cool. That's all. That's all yeah, good. Um, yeah, so um, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you, like John, uh, who probably listened multiple times and there is no other listener. This is John again. Thank you, John. No, uh, thank you to everyone who has listened, left a rating, and, and please leave a it's rating. Yep, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm getting there. This is all not right. my first rodeo. I said I'm an expert cast podder. Right. Um, yeah. So remember to leave a rating, leave a review on your podcatcher of choice. It really helps the podcast out. Helps with that pesky algorithm. Grr. Um, so if you could do that, that would be amazing. We are, we are now on everything. We are now on everything. Absolutely everything. Caffeine, uh, sometimes water. <laughs> um, yeah. No, we're on all the things, all the major podcasts. Podcast. Now, now it's even newer. Podcast catchers of your choice. Um, please feel free to get involved. There is a template on both mine and Mrs. Get Into Games' Instagram accounts. That's Get Into Games and Mrs. Underscore Get Into Games uh, to do your own board game menu. Please do a board game menu. Tag us in the post and we will read it out on the podcast. Also, if you leave a review, we'll also read them out on the podcast and give you a lovely little <laughs> shout out. Um, also, remember... G-I-T-G-50 to get 50% off your first month with Rent, Shuffle and Roll. And please remember to get into games. Thank you very much, guys. See you later.